Hey there, and welcome to Fall here at We Read It One Night, the podcast where romance veterans and new recruits chat about romance novels. Today, we're actually making summer last a little bit longer by talking about listener-suggested Happy Place by Emily Henry. And I am joined by a special guest host, Kayla, who's appropriately, at least for this book, both my college roommate and currently in Maine. In this episode, we get personal and a little silly while asking the important questions that we know you want the answers to, such as, does Emily Henry eat pot brownies? And how can we get access to a boat? As always, please leave us a rating and review while you're listening and check out the links in the description to our Etsy and Buy Me a Coffee profiles. Now join us as we take you to your happy place, aka this podcast, and enjoy the show. Anyway, um, it's one of those days and my Ritalin hasn't kicked in yet. (laughs) Okay, welcome listener to Happy Place uh, by, fuck. Emily Henry. I was like, I was ready to say Julia Whalen because she does the audiobooks and she does like all of Emily Henry's oh. audiobooks. This is a listener suggestion, um, unsurprisingly, because y'all are big Emily Henry fans. And today I am joined by my good friend, appropriately for this book, former college roommate, Kayla Wolf. She is going to be the first in a series of really exciting guest hosts that we're going to have. Rachel is still around. She's still going to be doing episodes like at least once a month, but she is very overwhelmed. So she's taking like a step back um, so she can keep, so this can keep being fun instead of like just being a chore that she has to do. So that means that we get excited, exciting new people on the podcast like Kayla. And it also means that instead of hearing the same stories from Rachel and I over and over and over again from our childhood, you get new stories because I'm talking to a different person. (laughs) Yes. New stories from college, from beyond, all the different things about Allison from college. (laughs) Kayla's story, Kayla has stories like with a capital S. Um, But Kayla, I don't know if you want to like introduce yourself beyond that. Sure. Um, I'm Kayla. So I am a, I will admit I'm a bit of, I historically have been a bit of a romance skeptic. However, (laughs) I do dabble. um, And I was really excited to read Emily Henry's book, Happy Place. I've read uh, The People We Meet on Vacation before. So I'm I'm familiar. Um, Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I think I'm just excited to talk about this book. Emily Henry is good for people who are sort of like, on the fence about romance too because she's yes. like yes straddles women's fiction and romance so we'll start I listened to the audiobook I know that you did it I actually have the hardcover because I went into my local bookshop and to like look for a notebook and they didn't have what I wanted and then I felt bad for going in there and not buying anything <laughs> and they're having a sale on hardcovers so I was like okay I'll just buy Happy yeah. Place, even though I intended to only like to buy the paperback because like I didn't whatever. Anyway, the guilt purchase. <laughs> now the guilt I have purchase. the guilt purchase. I um, am not sponsored by the LA Public Library, but I'm a big supporter of the LA Public Library. So this <laughs> book was brought to you by their massive selection of ebooks because yes. I am a broke graduate student. And again, 
big supporter of libraries. So I'm very lucky that it came in from the library. Like, oh, I'm so glad because you were talking about how you might need to buy it. And I was like, I felt so bad. (laughs) Which is fine. You know, I can buy a book. But I was really excited. It was six weeks to four weeks to two weeks. You know, love that. I have an LA public library. I live in LA membership a New York public library and a Western Pocono community library as I'm from the Poconos in good old Pennsylvania. So we have all the library cards stacked up, ready to go. I uh, sadly got kicked off the New York public library because I no longer have a New York address. And like, I guess it like came time to renew and I did not Um, have a New York address to give them. Fair. Yeah. To be, I don't know how I've skirted around that, honestly, because I haven't lived in New York in four years. It was a while. I got the library, the New York Public Library at the very beginning of pandemic, like March 20th is when I like did that. So like, it took a while for them to kick me off. <laughs> yeah, hopefully some grace during COVID too, you know? I yeah, no, I think that's what it was too. They were like extending. Yeah, I have the Philadelphia Public Library, which you can get as a Pennsylvania with a Pennsylvania address, Kayla, Excellent. just so you know, like Excellent. anyone that lives in Pennsylvania. And Nashville, because my sister, and that's where I listened to Happy Place. Oh, and a suburb of Philadelphia where I live. <laughs> yes, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, we're a big fan of libraries on here. We love libs. We love libs. Um, libraries. Well, we love libs, too. We love libs, too. Love but in this context, libraries. And you know what? Libs love libs, too. Libs love libraries. I saw a post that was like, if they tried to like invent libraries today, certain people would like claim it's like, oh, it's like an extravagance and like all that. It's like, okay. (laughs) I mean, I get so many emails still from the New York Public Library about like, they're cutting our funding. And I'm like, no, they are. They are. Because I have a friend that works there. She like works in their like contracts department. And she's like, I think they recently had a victory, though. They were like. There was like something where she was like, the mayor's not going to like cut this aspect of our funding. Yeah. I mean, I could go on a whole tangent about libraries. I think they're one of the most underutilized resources ever. Yeah. Not only for books and ebooks, but also just for workshops. And I was an adult literacy tutor at the LA Public Library for a while. And yeah. there were so many cool free resources for people. You can learn languages and get free online courses. Yeah, anyway. exactly. No, you can get like yeah like everything and like even just like a quiet place to study you know what I mean like yes instead of going to your local cafe just like go to the library yeah if you can't afford the six dollar coffee five days a week then maybe do it once or twice and go to the library the other ones you know that's what I do exactly yeah no no yeah I love the last time I went to my library they had they were having some sort of like kids book event that it was like I was like that looks delightful I'm too big for all of the things that they are doing but yeah I would love, I love that. it and I feel like I don't know I might be making this up but I do feel like I have a memory of our library having like events where you could read to dogs for kids who weren't confident with their reading oh I've able heard to read to, to dogs because it's like a very safe audience uh who's just excited <laughs> to sit near you and be pet so I think anyway library that's love. definitely a thing I've heard of that yeah 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 bonus points if they're adoptable bonus points if you take one home I want a dog. My cats would murder me in my sleep, though, if I did that. Yeah, they're already close. One of them is already close to murdering me because she has to take antibiotics and she won't take them, even though when I crush them up in her food. So I had to buy a baby syringe in which I put her little cat, <laughs> Gogurt, with her crushed up pill mixed in 
and then like forcibly squirt it in her mouth. Cause I was like, I was like, you brought this upon yourself. I tried pill pockets. Like I tried to do this the nice way. (laughs) I think I'm still stuck a little bit on cat gogurt, which is incredible. Um, I, my dad was allergic to cats growing up. So I've never, I, I, my roommate has a cat now. We love her. Her name's Bernie. Shout out. Um, Mm. (laughs) but, and I have never really had a cat. So I, and neither did anyone in this book. No, but there were several comparisons. Yes. Like explicitly to cats. Yes. Like I was like, interesting. I was like, Emily Henry, do you listen to the podcast? Yeah. How, why are you describing them? You know, it's like very uh, what an interesting choice of words. (laughs) No, I did a control F my on my Kindle. Oh, did you? I absolutely did. I was like, did I miss it? Oh my god! There's no Flannery O'Connor in this book. The name, yeah. Well, Flannery O'Connor also dies, and people would be on vacation, which is tragic. Why do we include pet deaths? You know, I feel like the first. Okay, actually, side tangent. My mom is a third grade teacher, and she loves. I forget what book it is, but it's the first book she said where her kids like show emotion from reading and it's a book where a dog dies oh, I'm like of course. why do they read that and she's like because it's exciting to show them that like reading can bring about you know these fictional stories can bring about real emotions and it's a great book and I'm like I hear that oh. anyway <laughs> anyway <laughs> now I'm thinking about like the worst fictional pet deaths like what's the movie with Will Smith with the zombies oh I am legend I am legend oh that's that's up there that's that. up in the top tier this is a morbid Rant. No, not dog death, but there's also Bridge to Terabithia. The... Well, that one got me. That one got me as a kid. That's the kids. That's what your mom should read. That's the kids. Think, yeah, for real. Anna Sophia Robb and Josh Hutchinson. Yeah, I had. He was my big crush. He was oh, my first celebrity all crush. Of our big crush. Yeah, there is a lot of trauma in today's book. There not is. in the present day, but like generational trauma. A lot yeah. of general. This whole book is generational trauma this book is for the young millennial who doesn't know what to do with their life oh gosh relatable I this book was so well it's funny because listener before we were Kayla's in Maine right now which is funny because this book had the happy place is a beach house in Maine but I also had a personal connection because like I go me and my friend group from high school go to my one friend's parents beach house which is exactly like every summer as well and I also slept in the kids' room. Like, that was, like, our room. Oh. Like, why this is so much. Like, and I also don't know what to do with my life. And I also had an emotionally unavailable childhood. So it's, like, <laughs> what's going on? Yeah, I know. I'm really going to try not to, like, make this, like, a therapy session. Or not even a therapy, <laughs> but just, like, a trauma dumping session where I'm just, like, oh, my God. Also, like, not to expose my family. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, this part was too real. But uh, yeah. this, part was, this part was fun, right? Yeah. When they got high on one of the Ferris wheel. Great, great. <laughs> okay, so it's the it's a friend group. There are six of them. Um, the OG trio is Sabrina, Cleo, and Harriet. Harriet is our main character. I just want to say the couple in this is Harriet and Wynne. And Wynne has always been a girl's name for me, like Winnie, oh, like yeah. Winifred, like that kind of stuff. When I first read the description of this book, I was like, is Emily Henry writing a sapphic romance at last? No, she she wasn't. It was a she boy. Was <laughs> there were yeah. no pronouns in that initial description, like for Win. So I was like, true. Also, interesting name choices. Harriet. Yeah. All, like, I, I don't know. I don't think I know a single person named Harriet, except for no. maybe Harriet Tubman. Right. So <laughs> in, 
and not personally but I don't know anyone with that not personally I like the disclaimer personal I don't actually know I do not know her I hope she one day makes it on our our currency I know she's well the works but you know god knows (laughs) yeah (laughs) she's great doing well (laughs) yeah Um, yeah, name choice was interesting I was like Harriet and Wyndham win gender neutral question mark yes Yes. Well, Wyndham is, I feel like Wyndham is appropriately mannish. Mannish, like, yeah. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Man. She always kind of picks slightly off, like not weird yeah, names, but like, yeah, like Poppy. And then January is the name of the character in, in Beach Read, which is like her oh. first, not her first book, but her first, like one of these books, like where yeah. she kind of broke out. And then I forget the name of the character in Book Lovers. Probably because I read that with my eyeballs and I don't retain. <laughs> I didn't retain as much. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's them. They're, they're college roommates and their friendship is so beautiful and I love it. And Kayla, I want to know where is our college roommate annual trip? Like, I know. I think I think we need one. I always read this kind of book and I'm jealous. Like yeah. I have great relationships and we obviously still talk and great relationships with my college roommates. But I'm like, Damn. Did I miss out on yeah. some core like connection that we do something every year? Because they went deep. As much as this was about Harriet and Wynn, it was about their friendship too. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was very much. I think that's why Emily Henry tends to like straddle. Not necessarily because all of her books are about friendship because there's always like something. There's like a much, there's like a layer in addition yeah. to the romance. Yeah. I was jealous. I was like, um, should we go like in the fall? <laughs> like yes. a long day weekend. Can we? There were four of us. There are four of us too. Well, no, there are three of them. So we can, we'll make it happen. I'm in Maine right now. Come on up. Yes, exactly. Giving those recommendations. I unfortunately do not have a mansion beach house yeah, nor a papa. red jaguar nor a wealthy papa so <laughs> our trip would be a little bit different um a little budget budget friendly <laughs> we can still get lobster rolls and whatever else feels main appropriate so the premise is that they're all going to their beach house that they go to every summer and win is on her way and she gets picked up by sabrina who is like sabrina's like She's what she she's like blonde Audrey Hepburn is what she's compared to. Yeah, she's very yeah. like Kennedy coded, like Kennedy family coat, you know. Like I that agree. Kinda. But like a cool, almost like a Princess Diana of like a rebellious, yeah. cool, rich, but not but down to earth. Yeah, yeah. And then Cleo is um Clear. I could <laughs> not stop. I don't know. I can't take that. Is H- Cleo a name or is Cleo a nickname for something? It's just an, it's, it's a name, name right? Cleopatra. Oh, okay. But do, I think I it's just Cleo. the name. I don't think it's like Clear. Clear. Oh no, I've gotten Our... water again. I've gotten white again. Uh, We're talking about HGO just as water, in case you haven't seen that one guy. Oh my gosh, on, like, I was obsessed with that <laughs> show as a child. Yeah. Oh no. Oh no. But yes, Cleo. Yeah, Cleo. I wanted to name one of my cats Cleopatra. And my family vetoed me and I, when they were still pretending it was like a family, it was, they were going to be a family cat. So they deserved to say the name. Oh. And then after, cause it was supposed to be my mom's cat, but my sister and I had to promise that like, we would take, if my mom was like, I can't actually handle these cats. Yeah. That like we would take them. So like they became my cats very quickly. Got it. (laughs) Within like a month. (laughs) 
but yeah, I was like, this is all, so I couldn't name them Cleopatra and Persephone. <laughs> okay, Isn't those it? are pretty like, cute, though. I like those. We lo- yeah. I love a pun. I love a pun. Friend has two cats with clever names. Oh, she has two cats named Watson. Uh, what is it? Something in Hobbes? Calvin and Hobbes. Oh, Hobbes. oh, that's cute. I like that. Yeah. I've never met them, but I've heard they're very cute. They're, they're definitely cute. Just because they're cats. Just because they're cats. Yeah. Anyway, so Sabrina, Cleo, yeah, Cleo, she's a black woman. I don't know that it's ever stated, but she's described as having dark skin and like long braids. Yes. Very alternative vibes and into the natural farming. Yeah. they have, She has a farm with her girlfriend, Kimmy, who's like a tall, ginger, Scandinavian, like yeah. extrovert who seems very overwhelming for me. <laughs> very much related to Cleo being like, I'm an introvert and my right. <laughs> girlfriend is like the complete opposite. <laughs> yeah. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I'm just chilling. And my girlfriend is the center of everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then Harriet, um, she's a resident. She's in residency for med- for for doctorship. She wants, she's going to be a neurosurgeon. And then the yeah. boys are Parth, who is Sabrina's uh, boyfriend and they're also both lawyers and he's yes. like I feel like we get the least info about Parth he's, like, he's just, just there. there he's just hot and smart and hot and smart I'm like I'm into personable Parth. I don't know anything about him but I'm like <laughs> no. he sounds you're like from know, the surface <laughs> from the surface he looks great and then yeah. he, he's like a major plot a little bit later on with like some sort of texting thing Oh, yeah. Like a twit. There's like a twit, the twist at the end. Yeah, which I I thought that was fine. But yeah, he was he was just there. He's there. Yeah, that third Harriet's relationship with Parth is definitely like the least developed. Well, and her relationship with Kimmy, like, yeah, agreed. I think Kimmy is a good like, keep the vibes high person yes she's not going too deep during yeah, she is. She's like the fun relief of the weekend when things get tense. Yeah, exactly. Um, except although Harriet is also the like, she tries to, she's the mediator. She tries to yeah. like a people pleaser. It's like a problem. <laughs> and like throughout this whole book, she's constantly being told, you know, you don't have to do that all the time. You can just let people <laughs> figure it out themselves. God, I feel like some parts of this book were so unrelatable to me. And then some parts I'm like, oh God, oh, that's me. Oh, there was so, I was <laughs> like, oh no. Like, I can't even, I am constantly doing that. I'm just like, oh, but you know what? Why don't we just meet in the middle? Let's do this thing. And then yeah. why? Why step I would, in? I was like, I, I'm, I'm like half Win, but, and half Harriet, but like the toxic, but like not the healthy parts. <laughs> I am the toxic parts of the two main characters who are dealing with a lot of shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Win. so Win is the last one and he was kind of the last one to join their friend group. Um, And him and... Harriet were together for like 10 years I think I think I feel like I didn't realize how long it was until I picked up later that they were turning 30 yeah they're like 30 and they met like second year of college yeah so it's been like 10 years and um, they were engaged for a long time but they've recently broken up and they haven't told anyone which mm-hmm. you can get from the summary of this part that's like in the, yeah. <laughs> the description um, but when is like I guess like everyone else in the friend group is kind of like hyper successful in their fields. Like even though like Cleo and Kimmy are like farmers, they're like doing well. Their co-op had sold out. Yeah. And like Cleo has like, I don't know, like a famous like poet and like famous artist parents or like something like that. Like she's, she comes from like culture with a capital C. Um, And when is not, when like 
is currently working in his parents' furniture repair business. It's the like family business. And like he like really struggled to graduate did college. He finish college. He did finish it. I think he did finish them. It just took them an to took him an extra year. Okay. Okay. Yes, because at one point she does say he has a business degree. Right. And there's no shame in that because I think the average person takes more than just four straight years of college. Yeah. Exactly. Like college is the way we think about it. The US is fucked. It is. <laughs> there's no set time. Do it if you want, whenever. Maybe if it works Kayla for says, you. as a future professor, you can take yeah. her word for it. You can take my word for it. I have in academia. I, I am every day, every minute of every day. I am <laughs> steeped in <laughs> steeped too deeply in academia. I'm literally oh, writing God. job application materials before and after this call. So we're oh, killing it. All right. Yeah. Let me know how those are going. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. I digress. You yes, got when- it. You're brilliant. Yes. Wynn is feeling some, I don't know what the, like. He's very self-conscious. Like he's he very, like he thinks he's stupid. Like he yeah. doesn't. Yeah, a lot of self-deprecating. Yeah, every time. And he like leans into it as a, like a defense mechanism. Like if someone says something even like mildly, like that implies he's like less than, he's like, you know me, like, ha ha ha. Yeah, which is very much a defense mechanism. But it is, it's like this weird imposter syndrome in this friend group of or even just of existing like oh gosh I yeah. went to college but I didn't really what did it what, did it, what was that good for I do furniture I you know and yeah. I think I hate any like putting down any sort of you know service industry or job or anything that doesn't yeah. require a college degree like that's still some really talented stuff yeah I like heart frankly oh like, my gosh I've worked in food service and I worked a nine to five and I know which one of those was more physically existing absolutely so poor Wynn is just having a crisis of confidence and a crisis of identity his whole life. And it's also, he also has like undiagnosed depression, which we find out yeah, at, at the, the end. end. Cause he like, is like, yeah, I finally got treatment and was like, oh, it doesn't have to be this hard. And I was like, hard relate to that. Yeah. That <laughs> was a little like, I feel like that was kind of tossed in at the end there. And I was like, oh, okay. Okay. I feel yeah, I feel like it was a way to kind of really hammer in that he was ready to get back together oh. with Harriet. You know what yeah. I mean? Because so listen to the way it's told in like dual timeline. It's like the current timeline and then flashbacks of like their relationship. And their relationship is basically just like uh, watching a car accident and not being able to do anything <laughs> about it. Because I think especially the second time that I that I read it, it was just like so like knowing everything of like, at the end, I was like, I can see exactly why you guys yeah. are going to break up and you can't do anything about it. Yeah. I mean, and that's also the, like, I don't know. I feel like there were some big moves made in this book by the characters, by Harriet and Wynn that just kind of were huge life moves. Like he moved to San Francisco for her and they were like, yeah, what, probably 23, 24. Like, holy cow, that's a big move, right? Well, and then, I no, 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 after... That was After- that was for residency. Okay, so they've been so living together in New York older. for four years during medical school. Okay, I do get their timeline a little bit confused, but even so, moving across the country for somebody when you have nothing there, right? No, no that's, social I mean, support tough. network and no job, right? Yeah, yeah. And I don't no, want to spoil I mean, the ending, but there's you know, again, the- <laughs> some, some big moves. Yeah, that are made. which you kind of like. You're like that make you're like you don't necessarily see it coming, but at the end you're like, yeah, that was really the only way 
I mean, this could have ended. Right. Not even just for their relationship, but like not even just for the romance, but just like for Harriet as a character. You think I have a bone to pick with the ending a little bit, I think. But maybe that's because I'm a little bit of I, I'm I'm being too I'm putting on my logical social scientist brain and not my like to suspend disbelief and enjoy romance books brain. So yeah. maybe that's, no, but but I, maybe that's I don't know. We we'll talk about it by the end. Yes. But I don't know. For yes. me, I was like, this feels it wasn't not necessarily realistic, but like right. I don't know. Okay. We'll see. We'll talk right about it. Right and hella expensive. So expensive. <laughs> but I was also <laughs> like, honestly, like goals. <laughs> Look. So I, I too, I'm not in residency, but I'm in year, f- I just finished year four or five of a graduate program. So I'm not, I mean, I'm not in a hospital, but I'm in graduate school forever. And like, yeah. I would love to quit what I'm doing and go do pottery, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> mediocre pottery, mediocre pottery, like part time. Oh my gosh. Oh, but yeah. alas, the real world and the capitalist hellscape that we live in comes a calling every day. Yeah, that was the one thing where I was like, I think because I'm now paying for my own health insurance, <laughs> finally. So I'm like, the whole time I was like, what's your health insurance situation? <laughs> you guys are both 30. <laughs> like, what's what's yeah. going on? Especially like Wynn with his like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know what Montana State, you know, their their health insurance is like, because, you, you know, oh, like, in California, if you're not insured, you pay a tax penalty. So there are pretty there are a lot of resources to purchase it for yourself through the state. Um, but I know nothing about Montana. I have never been there. I would love to go to Glacier National Park, but it's lovely. No glaciers though. There are no. I didn't see a single goddamn really? glacier there. Maybe if you that? go in the winter, there used to be. Oh, that's like sad. climate change. I think if you go in the winter, you be, and you like hike, do like one of the longer hikes, you may be able okay, to like. Okay, well, see. I don't think I'll anyway. ever be hiking in the winter because that sounds cold. Fair enough. <laughs> um, well, the the tax penalty thing is like an affordable health care act. It is. So that's like every state. But I think that was one that I don't remember. That was one of the. That was one of the things they tried. Yeah, I think originally it was in Obamacare, and then it went to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court struck down the individual mandate from a federal standpoint but states could still choose to enact it oh, if they wanted to i thought so it was still like a... yeah being as liberal as it is we're like be yeah. insured or else <laughs> um which yeah. like i don't know <laughs> that's its own that's its own goes. politics podcast yeah <laughs> okay so they arrive at the beach they're they're arrive at the beach house we just picked her up from the airport and because they broke it up, like they, Wynn and Harriet were like, okay, we're going to take turns at the beach house. But then Harriet walks in. Who's there? Lo and behold, the ex-fiance. Who could have seen this coming in a romance novel? Oh, man. Not Harriet. Not Harriet. No, definitely not. <laughs> but it turns out you, and and honestly, like from what we learned later, like I kind of have to admire the level of scheming from like Sabrina and Parth to like orchestrate yeah. all of this. Like when it really all comes to light, I'm like, you know, that was pretty shitty, but I got to respect it. Yeah. And it all makes sense looking back at like the handful of times that Sabrina's like, oh no, switch, you go with Win. Ha ha ha. Yeah. You know, that are killing Harriet, but obviously yeah. it makes sense as part of the scheme yeah so when's there and it's revealed that the reason they're there is because sabrina and parth are engaged which is <gasps> shocking because sabrina has trauma from divorced many times parents mm-hmm. and um that they're also going to get married because this is the last summer 
at the beach house. Because uh, dad is selling, which is my, the opposite of my experience with the beach house, because my friend's parents just bought (laughs) their first beach house. They were renting for them. Oh, nice. This is one thing that I always think about with this book. And like, I've read again, I don't read a lot of like the fun romance, but I read, oh, that's no, not fair. Yeah. I read a lot of the like more popular romance that you see in the New York Times top you don't 10. Read, like the tropey romance. I don't read the great. tropey romances, but I've like, I've read most of the books by Taylor Jenkins Reid. And I think about that and I think about this and it's like, it is so much easier to write a romance or I don't know, I've never written one, read a romance <laughs> book. You make your characters rich, right? Because oh, there's always. so many more possibilities. Like try always. writing middle anybody else right it's like all those books it's like beautiful rich lives in malibu does these things this yeah book, we picked him up in the jaguar we flew into this tiny ass little airport and i'm like how much yeah. do those tickets cost right but they're having a great time heartbreak with the family mansion is going away <laughs> House it, i mean it definitely is a thing in romance in yeah. general that like sometimes they're like middle like it always one of them is usually like yeah has money give me a romance for like, the people give me like a there's a reason like billionaire romances like millionaire romances or even like in historical romances there's a reason like they're all aristocrats or like business magnates like yeah it's because sadly poor people <laughs> yeah especially back then no romance on a budget for us like it's hard like I've definitely read like a few working class romances but like it's hard to pull those off for sure for sure want want so anyway rich beautiful mansion dad's selling rich beautiful people yeah they're selling this very beautiful place and it is Harriet's happy place one of many times that she brings that up throughout the book right the title is very apt I think yeah, because she we're introduced to her like listening to a meditation tape of yeah. like Go to your happy place. Yeah, and it's there. She is there with her friends in their favorite place. And then oh no, the ex-fiance who broke up with her in a four-minute cold. I was like, call. what are you, Joe Jonas? Like, what is what's going on? <laughs> like Yeah, I I and then some self-restraint to not, I don't know, the box. So Win breaks up with her, a four-minute phone call, and then ships her stuff home in two days and I'm like did immediately rest shipping he must have yeah um, and that's oof that hurts no wonder she's a wreck yeah. oh yeah no though I spent a long time being like when what the fuck <laughs> I was like I know there's got to be some sort of explanation but also like when what the fuck <laughs> yeah and then you're reading it and I was my curiosity was increasing as I'm reading of like what happened because then there's hints that there was another guy and I was like that would be a oh yeah to make the main character cheat on him I was like I don't think that is gonna happen I was, what is it what could be so bad to end a 10-year relationship and the way that they like I do really appreciate some of the writing here I think Emily Henry the way she describes their connection was really beautiful and just deep and yeah magnetic so I'm like how can he be your magnet and but you nest into him like a cat and then and then he dumps you in four minutes oh no yeah but it makes sense like when you read all the flashbacks you're like oh there was no other way that was gonna end like with the way yeah, no, I thought it was really interesting because we get a flashback like right after the scene of, um, of the first time they meet. Um, and I just felt like you get like they're both they're really like awkward, but it's also like they mesh really like you can just tell like immediately like, yeah, OK, like you two are on the same wavelength. Like and I kind of love that. Like uh, when you know, yeah, you- like it wasn't like love at first sight, but it was like compatibility 
at first sight. Yeah, yeah. If that makes sense. It can be real. I believe in that. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I like that. Yeah. It's funny. There's, um, what was it? I don't know. I, there was like some sort of study where like, they like did like brain scans of like people who'd been in relationships for a long time. And like, there were still like, it was like something like 15% of the couples who like still had those like initial butterfly, like brain waves, you know what I mean? The like initial, like first love, like a fat infatuation, like even after being together for like 50 years. And I was like, Beautiful. I want that. I want that. I, love I that. want that. I was like, it's possible. Also, it's even interesting that there's like a way to measure butterflies, right? Like a feeling that's yeah. so describable, but you can see it and your like your brain lights up in a certain way. Like that's cool. Yeah. It's funny in this flashback, speaking of butterflies, it's like we get a one of my favorite. Um, I don't know if you I know you've listened to some of the episodes, but I don't know whether this was brought up in any of the episodes, but there's like a a micro trope that I like that's I call like horniness or hospital that is basically like it's usually the guy who is like, he's like, I have this feeling in my chest and you as the reader know it's like love. And like, he's like developing feelings, but he's like, am I, do I have acid reflux? Like, am I having a heart attack? (laughs) And we get a variation on that with Harriet because she gets butterflies and she's like, actually like, here's exactly what's happening in my body right now. Like it's not butterflies. Like it's just like a reaction of my nervous system or like whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's so clinical, which tracks right for her. Yeah like so clinical making you know as simple as possible not thinking too deeply about what she's feeling or what she wants but just kind of placating yeah sadly in this introduction to win we do get that he is he has quote coyote eyes so win is is a dog he's not a cat (laughs) you know i did notice the i think i paused at coyote eyes a time or two because i was like i don't know that I've heard that before when no. when is a dog but what like when's not like a he's not a he doesn't have lab energy no he's like a he's like an old like a I don't know I must be like a grumpy old like I feel like an like a friendly but like grumpy I don't know for some reason a he's that like he's that like eight-year-old like senior yeah like bigger dog that you get at the pound who was like really like sad and then like when you bring him home he's like and happy he's not, but like he's super snap. protective super yeah. protective like loves you but it's just like to other people like maybe like just disinterested yeah except the way it's like supposed to be really good with people like where the oh, whole yeah. reason Harriet doesn't want to like get with him we see in the flashbacks because he's like known to be like a womanizer right and then he's like people just want a piece of me and the more they get to know me they leave me behind and I thought that was kind of sad yeah um also like that's such introspection for him for like I don't know for I I just thought that was so interesting like I don't yeah I don't know I don't have words for it but like this this level of introspection from this this guy character of like people don't really want to get to know me deeply so I just keep it surface level yeah yeah but it's really sad it's interesting because like both he and Harriet have have like a level like a certain level of developed introspection but then also the whole plot of this book hinges on their inability to communicate yes and normally like I don't like miscommunication as like the the like driving force of a book like it's it often like really irks me when like I'm like one conversation if you guys just had one conversation this would be yeah. cleared up yeah but and it it bothered me the teensiest bit the second time I read it it didn't bother me the first time at all I think because like the mystery of like oh what happened was like yeah yeah kind of kept that at bay 
but I, there were also, I was like, cause, cause in, by the end, like they do have the conversations and then it's right. You were capable of it, but, but, but then like, it's not enough. You know what I mean? Like more needs to happen even because after they have the conversations, they're still like, we still have to break up. Like we still can't be together. Yeah. Which is just like a funny little thing that I think they kind of do in people we meet on vacation, like briefly, or that Emily Henry does where she goes in poppy goes in and like makes this dramatic speech this beautiful and then he's like cool thank you (laughs) you know he responds like all right well thanks for coming you know and (laughs) kind of how i felt here too it was like we're gonna have this conversation it's our last i love you oh it's so dramatic and then i was like there's got to be a happy ending because a i will be upset if there's not (laughs) like that would ruin that wouldn't fit the trope and So I knew it was coming, but I was like, all right, we're having the conversation, our sad last I love you's. And then she leaves without saying, anyway, I don't want to jump too far ahead. She leaves without saying goodbye. Yeah. Dramatic. It is a happy ending. I mean, obviously it has to be. It is a a happy ending. There was like the latest, like every, every few months, some, someone comes out of the woodwork where in an attempt to promote their new book, they like write some stupid op-ed about how like romance novels don't need to have happy endings. And everyone is like, that what a great way to isolate the audience you're trying to sell your book to. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's it's the genre. Like you're not gonna tell, you're not gonna tell like mystery audiences, like, well, actually the mystery doesn't need to be solved at the end. Right, like right. Can, it can be not solved or like sci-fi, like actually sci-fi. Like it can, it doesn't have to have tech. Like actually they can just like, yeah. yeah. And look, if I'm picking up a romance novel, which when I do, I just want to relax and have a nice read and be rooting for the characters. I don't want my heart to be ripped out most of the time. Most of the time. Or if it's like ripped out, you want it, you want to know that it's going to be put back together. Correct. By the end. I want, yes. I want, if there are tears, they're in the middle or like toward the end, but they're not on the last it's just yes your love is so beautiful but yes yeah no it's every once in a while people (laughs) someone tries to come out and be like and everyone's like no like it's it's the opposite of the point of genre the point of genre is that like genres have rules yeah certain things but I really like I have and anytime I have read a romance book that doesn't have a happy ending it leaves me with a sour taste in my mouth or even something Okay, something that is a happy ending, but it takes a long time to get there. So I'm thinking of this is coming way out of the woodwork from when I was in like the seventh grade. <laughs> Dear, Dear John by Nicholas Sparks, right? Oh. I, know, I know Nicholas Sparks. And it's this beautiful romance. I saw the movie too, right? Between Channing Tatum and Amanda Seyfried. It's yes. beautiful. It's incredible, blah, blah, blah. And then they don't end up together. She ends up yeah. with else. They get married. They have, you know, I think she's taking care of his son and he passes away. And at the end, it hints that after like 10 or 15 years of them being apart, that now they have an opportunity to be yeah. And I know that's technically a happy ending, but no. that kind of shit rips my heart out. I'm like, no, that's not happy. They're like meant to be together. No, and yeah. Their lives knowing that they don't have what they feel. Oh, no, yeah. The no, need. it's I, tragic. And I mean, Nicholas... Nicholas Sparks is not, he's not considered like by the romance community and also by himself. Like he has an FAQ on his website where it's like, are you a romance author? And he's like, no, (laughs) I'm not. Like he's not, like he lives like, he reads like romantic fiction, 
Okay. You know, because that there's so there's a difference between like capital R romance, like genre romance, which like the only two requirements is that there's like a main relationship that's like the focus of the book and it has like a happy ending and a quote um emotionally satisfying and optimistic ending. Yeah. All those the only two things you need. You can do whatever the else fuck you want, and it's still a romance album has the two things. But he like he's very much like because his book is like you know what I mean. Like the there's like a bittersweet ending. You know what I mean? Like the notebook. Like okay, they die in each other's arms, but like they still die. Right. It's not and like a walk to remember. Like she just dies and he's by himself. You know what I mean? Like so he's not like people like view him as like a romance author, but he's even in his own words like very specifically is like no like I write. Like there's a difference between like love stories and romantic yeah. fiction he and knows like his a lane. romance. He knows the title of his lane. Yeah. Even his lane. Yeah. Right? So they go, they go up. Normally they're in the kids' room, which has two beds, like two twin beds that they've pushed together. But oh no, they've switched things up this year. And yeah. when and Harriet are gonna be in like the mat the the primary bedroom, like the big like yeah honeymoon okay. sweet wait basically. she actually says something so specific I know because I was reading this and my partner was next to me and of course he looks over my shoulder on this page when <laughs> like they're introducing the room and she's like of course we end up in the room where just every surface is meant for fucking and he's like what to read and I was like awesome I'm glad that that's the one page you saw me reading because honestly like as far you know steamy wise this book wasn't too 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 steamy it wasn't yeah it wasn't super I was just so they end up in this room that every single surface is just meant for fucking, as she says. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is there's like no door on the shower, like or like it's all everything is like like there's like it's just glass. Yeah, but then they don't fuck. They do not once in that room. I was like, what a tease. Yeah, there was a lot of interesting chemistry. Will they? Won't they? That yeah. culminated at the end, right? But I thought, oh, absolutely, the steam the. It's so, very much a slow burn, yeah. Yeah, and it seemed like I think their romance in the beginning was a slow burn too. So I, if it's fitting, like how they got together, it took them a year, you know, a long time. And then they were hooking, and they told their friends and everything, which we see in the flashbacks. They sneak around, see, you know, yeah, because like they don't want to like ruin the friendship, yeah, yeah. Which is again the theme, right? We don't want to mess up the friendship. This beautiful yeah. weekend of Sabrina and Parth getting married. Yeah, we have to make this nice. So, like, that's why they can't tell them. So, like, we have to pretend to still be together. Yes. And, like, they have to make all these rules. And, like, when is, like, well, they know how you are with me, like, or how I am with you. Like, so, like, what parts of you can I touch? Because, like, I'm pretty physical. Right. <laughs> I was just, like, physical touch, love language kind of guy. Yeah. Which, like, oh. Which is, yeah. like, good because they're not good communicators. <laughs> right right if it was words of affirmation they would be nowhere but. no absolutely well she's kind of giving him words of affirmation and a lot of like she's often like when he puts himself down she's like can you please can not, you not do, that? do that yeah she's like can you please stop please yeah um I also like that the the framing of this book with the flashbacks tends to be except in like the very end where you sort of get when they're like breaking like around the breakup that it seems to be like Harriet's happy place like yeah the happy place is like the main beach house but it's also just like wherever Wynn is you Mm -hmm. know like that's like the flashbacks because the flashbacks are what's called happy place not the like present day and the the chapter titles yeah I usually I feel like I'm 50 50 on flashbacks in books because usually I just want to stay in the present because I'm so I want to know what's happening but I actually 
thought these were well done the flashbacks because mm-hmm. they were so explanatory but also it's still interesting not just like the yeah boring. and we're getting more everyone just gave us a little bit more and I feel like they gave us enough in the present to tease out what we wanted yeah from the flashbacks of like oh did she cheat what happened in San Francisco yeah. you know meeting family and and that's a yeah, whole yeah, other- like making the connections yeah 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 and the family is a whole other topic like Harriet and her relationship with her family oh yeah I had a lot of thoughts like it on that which good and bad kind of interesting because I feel like it wasn't yeah. the traditional like family trauma that we know right it's usually like oh mom died dad died mom yeah has like honestly <laughs> mom though, was horrible yeah like right and like this that. was like look my parents were objectively good <laughs> right but like not yeah but not you know emotionally emotionally distant or you know even stuff with her sister because and I, I thought it was potentially really validating because I think a lot of times when it's like my parents were really awesome and they did what they needed to do for me but we're not close there's like a I, sh- I have a guilt that I think she was feeling yes. yeah and you know relationships are hard parent especially and including family relationships so I thought that was kind of an interesting twist on like the family trauma but not in a traditional like big thing big blow up way no yeah I definitely agree like it was super validating because I because I agree like it's usually like so like when you either have wins family who are all super close and like vibrant they all love each other and they're all like they all tell each other they love each other all the time and like they're super healthy and like great or whatever and like I'm like do those actually exist in real life like is that a real family I know and it's um, the same thing with the um the friend group from college of like damn I want this perfect six person every year we go out and no time has passed and we all have the money to do it you know yeah 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 but then yeah so you either have wins family or you have like a they're my parents were the worst people imaginable and or are dead you know like <laughs> yeah because <laughs> yeah, yeah, because Wynn's relationship, so I mean, not Wynn, Harriet's relationship, see, it's the gender neutral thing. I'm going to be mixing yeah. it up the whole time. <laughs> um, Harriet, basically, she's like we said, she's like a people pleaser. And basically her older sister, there's like a, a bit of an age gap between them. Um, so they're not particularly close. And her older sister was sort of like the rebel child. And then yeah. so she like, in order to keep the peace was like the golden child or whatever. And like, she's really, you kind of like get the sense throughout the book that like, the reason she's in medical school and like the reason she like or she wasn't med- like the reason she like excelled and like all that stuff was just to like try to earn her parents like love or yeah. whatever which I was imagine like, oh. doing a whole freaking medical, medical degree and have you know two years of residency just to be like I didn't want that can you imagine I just yeah like I I fully believe in doing things for spite so like <laughs> For example, like I fully believe in doing a PhD for spite, right? For <laughs> for revenge, for spite, for is that why you're doing a PhD? Um, I'm gonna not answer that. No, sometimes <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, it's no comment. Spite, no comment. Um, it as its motivation, right? So like, use those negative emotions as motivator. But I cannot imagine doing a PhD or an MD or a, a degree out of guilt and just like doing it that that's who has Harriet got some some self-work to do right the fact that you would truly do this whole thing because you thought you know you you kind of had to or to get your parents approved it was the thing to do like that's for spite yes for guilt (laughs) 
I don't even know that she's doing it because like, I think it's only recently when she really starts to even allow herself to think that this may not have been what she wants. And I feel like I can relate to that a lot of like deciding you want to do something or like having a goal that you develop when you're younger and then like dedicating all this time and energy to it. And then when like you achieve it, you're like, Oh, Oh, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. And, and and feeling, and not feeling like you want to feeling like you want to back, like you don't want to back out. Cause you're like, I did all this work to get here. Like, I can't just quit. Every day I want to quit, but I, (laughs) you know, I really, that's, yeah, that's true. Um, but I'm, I'm in year, I've done four years of this. I am yeah, four, you know, maybe 80% done. It's too late. I should have mastered out. Right. Yeah. But, sorry. This, this episode is going to have a lot of no, no. flavored self-deprecation about doing how awful it is to do a PhD, which I know Rachel <laughs> has done and survived. Um, but she was also like, that was, <laughs> eh, I've made choices. Um, and I'm, I'm happy with them. I'm not, as as incredibly sad and just like lifeless as Harriet is, you know, feeling like she has gotten to the place that she wanted to. Always talked about being a neurosurgeon, but wasn't exactly sure why. And then gets there and is like, "This is a slog." Yeah, she's like, "Actually, I hate. I feel stressed." At one point, she's like, "Every time I walk into the hospital, it's just like stress, like androgens." Oh I think she's like fled my system the whole time, and I'm like, "Oof, that's awful." Yeah. Yeah. And I can also also I can understand why she didn't feel this until after she started working because there's also that element of like school being familiar and comfortable and Absolutely. like knowing she knew exactly what she was going to do and she knew how yeah. to do it. And if she excelled in school the way that she did, right, in order to get into Columbia Med School, like right. school was easy, right? You know, you take yeah. the test, you memorize the thing, but then to actually be in there and be like, oh no, someone could die. <laughs> Right. This is a lot of pressure and stress. And I feel like I think she calls herself a feral cat. Yeah. Cohort. She's like, I am the feral yeah. cat of the cohort. And somebody like adopted her into their group. And I think that's a pretty apt description. That's funny. Yeah. And I can get, I mean, even like, obviously this isn't neurosurgery, but like I was a lifeguard in high school. <laughs> And even that there were times and I was like, someone like I'm supposed to prevent people. And like, I never had to save anyone. I never had to give people CPR. Like my job was like sitting in a chair and getting tan and telling kids not to dive into the shallow oh, end or, yeah, or like walk. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> Like that was my job. But like, there was like, there was always that like element of anxiety anytime, like I was on the stand of being like, I could be responsible for like somebody dying yeah. right now. Yeah. No, it's a big response. Yeah, I think there's so many reasons that I've heard about. Like I've heard that I think doctors are under a lot of stress. I think it's oh, a, yeah. obviously not an easy job, yeah. but I think if she gets there and was like I hate this. And I'm glad she came to the realization while on this trip that like Yeah. I don't need to do something that is making me miserable. Yeah, she's like my happiness is more important <laughs> than like success quote unquote yeah yeah and her happy place is with win yeah even if that's at first a win like, on my book Ooh, <laughs> wait that was good I liked that my phone kept auto-correcting his name to every single time it would yeah. not it would not remember that his name like how his name was spelled yeah I believe it it's an odd 
it's a, a different name that I, I don't know anyone named again. I don't know anyone named Harriet except for Harriet Tubman, but I don't know anyone named Win. I think the caf- our cafeteria lady in elementary school was named Winnie, <laughs> but that's it. I think Harriet and Win are both like modern, trendy baby names. So like we wouldn't know oh. anyone with those names because. Oh, they're coming back. They're like all, tr- yeah. That And that's what I, I think Emily Henry does that a lot. Like I feel like Poppy. And like Gus, I know his comeback was yeah. the was the hero of Beatree, like Augustus Gus, of like all of those sort. Those are like older Nate, quote unquote, like grandma names because like right. all the it's gonna be dark, but like all the grandmas are dying. <laughs> so like, there's a new generation of parents who don't necessarily associate those with like grandma names as right. much as like they used to be. Like yeah. I just when like Karen you just think like 50 years from now like Karen's gonna come back you know what I mean like what a time all these names be. and we're like no way like Barbara is gonna come back yeah Patricia yes where were we we're jumping because that's that's also the thing with the flashbacks is like I don't think it makes sense for us to talk about the flashbacks necessarily as they come it just kind of right. like makes sense to talk about them so like I keep like losing my <laughs> yeah where we are yeah. Okay. So anyway, they made all these rules. She has to put her ring back on. It's very dramatic. And it's funny. Cause like, she's like, yeah, like I mailed the ring back and then he mailed it back to me. And then I mailed it back. To- <laughs> yeah. Get this Which, thing away. Yeah. Um, and it's like, they're all like hanging out and like Parth is like monologuing about how Wynn and her are couple goals and how like they like showed them like him and Sabrina that like true love exists and like all of that. And she's like, oh my God, (laughs) I'm going to (laughs) die. This is the worst thing imaginable. And then again, like you learn later that like Parth knew the whole time. So it's like, yeah. Oh, like bro. (laughs) Yeah, that was, that was kind of a dick move a little bit. I got to respect it. Right? At the end of the day, it worked. Here's a question. Do you think that Harriet and Wynn would have gotten back together if not for this weekend? No. No, because I don't think they would have communicated. And at the beginning of that week, she's blocked his number. He's, like, he fully believes that, like, she's better off without him. And like, Right. Yeah, so then major shout out to One Dimensional Parth and Incredible Sabrina for... <laughs> bringing them back together right because forgetting I mean yeah yeah they did it yeah I think like maybe they would have gotten better back together like 20 years from now when Harriet is like burned out and like bitter from her being a doctor and like doing all the stuff that she hates yeah like a college reunion or something yeah right <laughs> we also get a flashback where they're all talking about like what I would they're like what would I do in like my alternate life or whatever and when it's like, I would move back to Montana, which is like, I, I get it's like that external, that internal pressure of like, do I go out and explore the world? Or do I like, I stay yeah. where I'm from, where I'm comfortable. This book was sponsored by like the Tourism Bureau of Montana. <laughs> it was right. Like talking about how beautiful it is and how incredible and all these things. And I would love to go, like I said. It's funny because I, I really think this book reminded me a lot of, um, Abby Jimenez's Part of Your World, which we also did on the podcast. And I mean, that book takes place in Minnesota, but like all of her books kind of like that area of the United States is like where they're, yeah, where they take place. And the premise of the book is also like the heroine is a doctor who's like really burned out and is trying to like please her parents. And like the hero is a carpenter 
from a small town who like yeah like there were there were a lot of similarities between this book and I was like I just feel like there's no way Emily Henry didn't read that book like while she was writing this one yeah oh that's funny shout out to Minnesota to Montana and to Maine yeah yeah listen Although not shout out to Minnesota and Montana because then everyone will move there and it'll get expensive and it already is. <laughs> right. And then it would ruin the small town romances like this from happening. Right. Exactly. Where, where is it going to, we're not going to have to go back to like Appalachia and like that's, spoo- that's too spooky for a small town. <laughs> too spooky. Yeah. And then at one point they're like by the fire, Cleo snuggles into Harriet like a cat. Yes. Yes. The first of a few snuggling like a cat references. Yeah. And then Harriet and Wynne wake up cuddling, as you do when there's only one bed. Like, you you just, you have to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is hilarious. You you do, but, like, or you don't. You can be on far end. <laughs> they're in a king-size bed. But it's like, like yeah. you said, they're magnets. They're, like. They're magnets. Even in their sleep. They don't consciously choose it. They're just, like, but rolling when- over on the bed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's also hung over. Oh, yeah, she's hung over the next she's like drinking so that's another reason that they're cuddling yeah and, yeah um he like gave her like her special sleep sure. shirt that was like his um and yeah then they go to the grocery store they play this like gro- grocery gladiators game that's like a competition but like not yeah. really um and the only reason I bring up this scene is because Harriet is like looking through the fruit and she's looking for mold-free strawberries and it was really triggering for me um because every time I've tried to buy raspberries in like the past several months there's always been like I will I will think of this scene and I will scan so hard for mold and then it's I get home the next day I open it and there's like a giant ass moldy raspberry like right under where the label was so like you couldn't Uh, see it every time that is something that I feel like Emily Henry does a lot is add these very personable yeah like tinges of like searching for through the fruit for but it's it you know makes I feel like it's good it makes them more relatable not that I extensively Human, search for yeah. mold, I'm sorry that that you have that <laughs> that <laughs> tragic past with moldy raspberries it's really it's really been a problem and yeah so they're basically they just like do all this um like the classic they're like they spend the whole week like doing all their like quote-unquote traditional things so, like they go to this bookshop um and we get a cameo from I, I don't think you read read uh beach read but we get a beach read cameo where parth is like i got this book that was written by this couple where he normally writes literary fiction and she writes romance novels and that's like the book that they are writing in the epilogue of like beach read oh they write together yeah and I like that like Emily yeah I actually like I really love when like authors have like like the Emily Henry cinematic universe like where it's like this isn't a sequel but like they all take place in the same world like I think that's always really fun yeah like little easter eggs I like I love an easter egg (laughs) uh speaking of an easter egg to us and one of the flashbacks, we learned that Parth went to Fordham. Go Rams! Woo! Fordham yes. Law, which we yeah. lived above. We did. Freshman year. We did. Which is still bizarre that the freshman dorms were above the law school, but like whatever. A lot of weird choices there. But yeah, I know. I thought of that immediately. Fordham Law uh, reference, Go Rams. Um, I feel like a lot of shows and books will casually throw in Fordham Law as like, an attainable but good law school yeah which I like I guess I guess I don't really know enough about it but law and order SVU main guy 
Carisi goes to Fordham Law. I'm like, what? Okay, cool, I guess. Um, go Rams. Have yeah. I said that enough? School spirit, I guess. Go Rams. Oh, uh, wait, it's right. It single sports game the entire time I was there. <laughs> I went to one. I went to homecoming one year. Maybe I made like it to the year. 10. Yeah. I made it to the tent and then I like maybe sat in the stands for like three minutes. And then I was like, I'm going to beat the Ram Van Rush home. <laughs> and then I went. Wow. Those are words I haven't said in a long time. The Fordham is 29th in best law schools, according to U.S. news in the U.S. And it's number three in part-time law, which makes sense because Fordham was very much like yeah. big on like working students. And commutable. City. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so I guess good but attainable law school yeah yeah checks out that checks out good Good job parth does sabrina go there too she goes to columbia she does okay also one of these flashbacks when is dating has like an ex-girlfriend named allison who's like just mentioned briefly and i would just like to ask romance novels authors in general why is allison always the other woman always (laughs) i have never found a book in which Allison was not the other woman is not the other woman like that's cruel I do I get nothing that. do I get nothing no you get something and unfortunately it is the short end of the stick um as the other woman Lisa, I'm sure that I like recognize it more because like I'm like oh that's my name so like it sticks out to me but like I swear to god it's like the most popular other woman name like everyone everyone's just like oh what should I name the like ex-girlfriend from the past I know like why every time cruel unreasonable well I now be on the hunt for a romance novel where Allison's the main character yeah but it has to be spelled correctly right it does two l's is not a real name Sorry. No, listen, listen. About this. I'm a, yeah. Listen. Allison with one L is the only iteration of that, except for the like the nonsense. Like once we get into like the Y and like S, like those aren't real spellings. Those are just like modern day shit. Okay. I'm talking about one L versus two. Allison with one L was always a first name. Allison with two L's was a last name that got changed into a first name. So one of them is correct objectively historically etymologically i'll buy i buy into it absolutely i hear you (laughs) strong feelings strong thoughts they're all going out the door and um getting them out the door is quote like herding cats on acid which is very difficult it's very difficult to herd cats yeah and like and it was mentioned it was like it's so hard we're herding cats on acid except the herder is also on acid or something yeah (laughs) yeah the shepherd is also the shepherd yeah is all, uh, but that was a very extended metaphor and that was funny and it's funny because herding cats is like a metaphor that I hear I mean not like a lot but like I know the first time yeah. I heard it I thought it was just like something someone said but then like it seems to have been worked its way into like the public consciousness yeah yeah it's just is a it's because I feel like I've said it before okay so then they get trapped in the wine cellar um where they oh, have yeah. like sexy love memories of hide and seek and he has claustrophobia. And this is where we learn that Harriet thinks when thinks she cheated on him. You're like, you dummies talk to each other. And then instead of talking to each other, they all go out to a bar and Harriet wears a sexy red revenge dress and spends the whole time vindictively grinding into Wynn's crotch. 
Which is such an interesting concept to vindictively grind on someone. What a move. What a, and they're like, and Wynn's like trying to get it like to talk to her and she's like, no, I'm fine or whatever. And then like vitamin C's graduation starts playing like, and he's like, this is our song. We have to go dance and like pulls right. onto the dance floor. And it really like triggered a memory for me in which at a school dance, I was like, I think it, it may have been prom. I requested vitamin C. Stop. That's so funny. And the DJ was like, no. (laughs) That's a great request. However, I'm not going to grant it. I'm going to veto that. Yeah. (laughs) For the good of the vibes here. But you know what? That song is a vibe. So fuck that DJ. That's a great song. So where are we? We are. We've done the revenge dress. We got hung on her again. Yeah, yeah. not as much. (laughs) Not as much. I know. They're after. She's like, I only had a glass of wine. Can you get over? Can you get hung over a glass of wine? And they're like, after 30, anything's possible. And I'm like, ma'am, that's been me since I was like 24. (laughs) That already hit me. I mean, they're 30 and they're drinking like this and not being knocked out for a full day with a hangover because I'm not yet 30 and I have one hangover already there. So I don't know what kind of Pedialyte or you know emergency you're drinking they keep but... being like yeah i drank a lot of water before bed and i'm like that doesn't help as much as you think it does <laughs> gosh yeah what happens next is that when they go to the lobster fest they go to the movies and there's some you know a little bit of friend drama between the three of them all right what they're like basically like we don't have time to do all the things that we wanted to do because i think it's like rating or whatever and harriet yeah. tells them she's like when i was a kid this like traumatic childhood oh, memory yeah. about cake and she's like let's just pick one thing that you want to do and then like the vacation will be good and it's just like the me- like when you tell someone like a story and they're like that's actually really fucked up that that happens yeah and sad <laughs> and just like wah, wah, right like this and is you're the- like oh right oh like, actually like I thought that was funny or like that was fun to me when you share something and no one else is on that level and you're like oh okay maybe oh, the first- I- but it is sad. Yeah. And honestly, then then, then then I like go home and I think about it. I'm like, wait, yeah, that was actually <laughs> like, I can't believe I, I've never thought about that. <laughs> yeah. Now. So they're all going to do this. So they're doing like a thing. Oh, Harriet also describes her quote unquote vindictive grinding um, as being like a cat in heat. So another cat reference. Yes. No, no, that Harriet like runs out. She's like sitting next to quit win or whatever. And um. They, they basically like very briefly communicate in that like he's like I didn't dump you because I thought you cheated on me uh, it was more complicated I'm not going to explain how uh but it just, just was no that wasn't it <laughs> it just they're just yeah they're so they're so silly but they all take weed gummies and then they're just like okay, they're being yeah. silly. and that was a funny scene because I always love I don't know there's something funny to me about like reading books where people write about being high and like taking an edible because I just wonder I'm like has the author gotten high before or are they just trying to describe what they think it would be like from their understanding of movies and tv yeah I feel like it's usually pretty like this I got the vibe it was like Emily Henry eats like <laughs> pop brownies with her friends like yeah there's on a question. semi-regular basis it does Emily Henry take edibles the answer I would say is yes, yes. I feel like you can usually like I don't know I feel like it's usually like you're reading something and you're like, oh, the author has never 
done this yeah because there are in their life yeah or like their descriptions of and that doesn't have to just be weed but like a description of a place that they've been or something they've done you're like okay that's not yeah that's like that's technically right but like the vibes are off that's how I felt in this book about pottery because like we find out that Harriet's like her hobby is like pottery and I was just like I feel like maybe Emily Henry took one pottery class when she was like 15 but like she died I was like there's just something about this where I feel like you have not touched clay (laughs) in a long time yeah like that that I hadn't thought about that but I think that you're right so they have a flashback about another time they did weed and when is like yeah you like were like saying you were gonna go into boat making and like my dad actually like research like how to like game, which I was like that's so I thought that was so sweet oh cute I thought that was so sweet a that Wynn texted his dad about it and then uh-huh. b that his dad like genuinely looked into it Hank yes Hank oh R.I.P. Hank R.I.P. Hank <laughs> I, I thought that was really sweet I thought throughout the, like Winnie's love for Harriet like also her love for him but the way that he loved her was really sweet yeah by a woman we loved it yeah and it was very much like this was like, I mean, th- and this doesn't happen with all romance stuff. Like, I'll be like, oh, this is cute, but like, I don't want you for myself. But like, Wynn was like one of the rare romance heroes where I was like, oh, I want you to exist in real life. And I would, and I'm Harriet. Yeah. <laughs> That's me. Yeah. Yeah. I thought the way that, that he loved her was really beautiful. Yeah. But Harriet's thinking about how she wanted to, she's like, I devoted my entire adult life. And all it took was one puff of the right joint to contemplate throwing it all away. <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> that's the universe telling you something, Harriet. And I feel like that, like reading it the second time where I was like, okay, there's just like no other way this book ends. Yeah. You just get this so early. I mean, what do they say? Like drunk, drunk words, drunk thoughts. Or sober thoughts. Drunk words yeah. or sober thoughts. And I guess they're saying the same thing with weed here. Well, I guess weed is supposed to make you like uh, understand the universe or whatever. Like, what you're supposed whatever. to like have yeah, yeah, deep yeah. thoughts, quote yeah. unquote. No, I like. I thought the scene at the lobster fest was cute. That was funny. And one of the cute flashbacks Win has is like, I think this is like one of the most quoted lines that I see on like Bookstagram, where he's like, "In every universe, oh. it's you for me, even if it's not me for you." I I know that. And because I read it on the Kindle too, like had all the underlines. Oh like, yeah, you know, four thousand people had underlined that quote, and I'm like, I see why. Yeah, I was like, when you're such a bad communicator, but you have such a good way with words. How is this possible? Yeah, that's an enigma. Like it contradicts itself a little bit, but it was yeah. so. That line was really good. I really liked that. And it was also really um, indicative of his like insecurities in their relationship because he thinks that there's a universe in which she doesn't pick him. Right. And at the end of the day, he's saying like, you are it for me, but I might not be it for you because you have other options and things to do. And, but for me, you're it. And I, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, They all go sailing and I only bring this up um, because I had a childhood friend that gave me access to a boat and um, I no longer have access to a boat. So I just, I would (laughs) like a friend that gives me access to a boat again. Well, I wish I could be that friend, but let's put out a call for any of our friends who are listening to this who have boat access to please invite us on a boat. I just love being on boats, but like little boat, like cruise ships, no, but like, yeah, 
day boats. I teeter with seasickness a little bit on some smaller boats, but I can usually hang. Yeah. Actually, fun fact, all we need is the boat because I have my boating license. <gasps> I do. Did you, when did you get your boating license? <laughs> Why did you get your boating um, license? I got my boating license when I was maybe 14 years old in the landlocked state of Pennsylvania because <laughs> despite not touching an ocean, there are lakes. So I had a boat license because my parents for a very, very brief stint, not very brief, but for a brief stint had a a boat. And it just made sense because let me tell you the bar for getting a boat license on the floor. It's an online course. Oh, yeah. So I am by no means am I like sea ready or maritime experienced. However, (laughs) if put in a position, I have a, you know. 10 plus year old boat license that I could ship <laughs> that I can legally drive a boat. Does that just never expire? You know, maybe it does. I should look into that. <laughs> Not that I'm driving any boats, but I do remember getting it because it was a card. It was a legitimate little. So someone supply the boat. I will drive it. Not well. <laughs> but I know it, I used to know what the buoys meant. So you can do like sick turn, like get it. We'll get a tube. You'll do like donuts yeah. and like try to knock people off. <laughs> oh, that sounds fun. So college friends, anyone who has a boat and is listening, we would like to be guests. Yes. Hello. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. XO, <laughs> XO. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, back to. <laughs> yes. Something that is somehow is fiction, but more realistic. Yes. A boat. Basically, like their breakup was like. Wynn was really sad in San Francisco because, like, he was isolated and, like, he didn't have jobs that he liked. And also, like, San Francisco is a city and it's rainy and he was not (laughs) happy about it. And I was like, you know what? Like, that's me with New York. I get it. (laughs) Like, I get it. But then, and then his dad died, RIP Hank. Um, (laughs) And he was really sad. And then Harriet, because she's like a people pleaser and she's like, she, she wants to, like, stop fight like she doesn't want people to like she doesn't want to add to people's burdens like that's her whole Mm -hmm. thing like she tries to make herself like as invisible as possible doesn't she's like i'm sad too but i don't want to add to his weight so like they just don't talk so they just like stop talking basically yeah which like from an outside perspective is like very obvious like you got to get that stuff out but i can totally see where harriet's coming from here like no yeah reasonable right? It's not my dad. I didn't grow up with the same relationship with him. I really, you know, like, and it feels guilty to even, or it feels bad to even put any of my sadness onto you when you're dealing with so much of your own. So I just want to make it as easy for you as possible and not burden you with my stuff. I think that is such a reasonable response. Especially because she's already, she was already feeling guilty because she was already seeing how much, how like Wynn was like not doing well in San Francisco and she's like, no, 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 it's fine. Like, we'll put off the wedding. And like, then Wynn right. has to move back to Minnesota to take care of his mom because she has Parkinson's and she like falls or whatever. And then like, Harriet's trying to be accommodating. She's kind of like, no, 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 it's fine. That like, we missed a call. No, it's fine. That like, you can't come yeah. down to visit. Like, and then eventually her shitty coworker, Martin. Yeah. Who the heck? Martin. Martin kisses. Like they're, they're at like, happy hour or whatever and then he walks around and he kisses her and she's like i'm engaged which he knows he knows he's met with he's like oh the furniture guy what a day you know what i don't think it's a coincidence that the first book i ever wrote when i was 12 the villain in that was also named martin 
And I think that's just life coming full circle. There's just something about that name. The only, the only like positive connotation Martin I've ever experienced is the butler and the parent trap. And that's it. Ah. Everyone else never met a good Martin. Never met a good Martin. I'm trying to think if I know any Martins. My, my therapist in college was named Martin. (laughs) (laughs) He was good. He was a nice guy. I don't know anything about him because it's a totally one-way relationship, but I can assume he was a nice guy. And then Steve Martin, the actor. Yeah, Steve Martin and Martin Short. I'm just thinking, like, they're the... Yeah. But Martin, like, what the heck? I thought that was such a... A weird... And that that, that was a a bold move from Martin to do that. Um, And then, you know, I thought she did the right thing. And she's like, I want to tell you, I don't want this to be a weird thing or a secret. And he, for whatever reason, he must, he was not in a good place, obviously, but that was just the one thing that was like, you know what? I'm holding her back. She wants yeah. to go do these things in San Francisco and I'm here. And she actually doesn't want to get married. She and should be with that guy. Yeah. yeah. She should be with someone like him. Yeah. Four minutes cold. We're done. Mailing back the stuff. God, wait. The timing there was perfect and imperfect because for him, it was like the straw that broke the camel's back of like, okay, proof right there. This is not it. But the revelations keep Sorry. 10 years down the drain, <laughs> literally a third of their lives, 33% of their lives Ugh. together. And that's yeah. where you're like, Harry, like, and Harriet is such a people pleaser, but you're like, Harriet, do like four minutes. You're going to let that happen. Yeah, why wouldn't she Say yourself be like, why? What the yeah, heck? but that's also her character growth. She finally, by the end, she's like fighting for. She's like, I'm, I'm like, gonna fight I for a win. I deserve a reason. I deserve to yeah. know what the heck. Yeah, but the revelations, the revelations keep on coming because we find out that Wynn started a like a high profile carpentry business. Yeah, making some beautiful, expensive armoires and bureaus and what I guess the many millionaires in his home. In Bozeman, Montana, yeah. or wherever, and the tourists too, right? That come through, they're like, "Wow, I want something yeah. from the from the place. I want a Montanan, a Montanian, Montanan, Montman." <laughs> right, I'm gonna Google this after a Montan <laughs> Montanian piece of furniture from the woods in my home. It's like Loki, I can see. You know, people go. Oh, to like- absolutely national parks are beautiful places and they want an authentic made from the wood there blah 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 yeah and guess what it. oh yeah win has found this market and now that's he's great. making some 15 grand pieces of furniture so. minimum that's like the cheapest one too. so like yeah amazing fabulous and so yeah they finally communicate they finally like share why like basically what went wrong they like finally get it together but they still can't be together because Harriet won't communicate with herself about what she really wants. Um, get out your own way, girl. Yeah. Oh, so they have outdoor shower orgasms, which is great. That's which right. I really that's love. Right. That's right. Yeah. Which good for them. I mean, listen, I get it. I feel like it'd be cold, but good for them. I guess it depends how warm it is outside. Oh, yeah. but that wait, 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 the water is on. The hot water is on while they're doing it. Okay. She the does specify at one point he's like going Sorry. down on her. The what? The mosquitoes. <laughs> What's standing water? 
Yeah, but I don't guess. they like the water? I don't know. I'm in Maine They right like now, standing water. That's why like covered. pools are super. Yeah, I yeah. am covered in mosquito bites just from existing here. So I'm like, oh yeah. We have an out- I have an outdoor shower where I'm at right now too, and I'm like, I can't imagine. But again, we're suspending no. disbelief. We're not being a skeptic. We're saying. Yeah, so they they have a good a good little time. They reconnect. Wasn't it? Didn't they say like their last "I love you"? I feel like it was yeah. kind of sex well, in a way. Yeah, because Win is like, "What is this?" Basically asking like, "Is this us getting back together, or is this the last I love you?" And she's like, "It's the last I love you because she's stupid." Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, then they all go out to dinner. But then yeah, Sabrina's like, "Let's get matching tattoos," <laughs> and that's the straw that broke cleo's back yeah yeah which we later find out is because she's pregnant and also because cleo has boundaries i i have a tattoo i like (laughs) tattoos i will never in my life get a tattoo with another person ever Mm, yeah personally just because i i mean i i think and if i were to it would not be spur of the moment and like six people oh no i think the surprise was really it and they were even yeah it was like let's just take a day to think about it and come up with something agree upon right like yeah are we getting an ass tat are we getting like something that's going to be seen you know like yeah happening here sabrina's like we've been talking about this for 10 years but they're like we've been joking about it for 10 years (laughs) like we haven't like it's just an ongoing gag my girl Right, are we all going to get, like, one, two, three, easy lane tattooed on our butts? Like, what is this going to be, right? Like, we're not we're not sure. So that was the straw that broke Cleo's back. And yeah, it's the friend explosion. Yeah, and then Sabrina's like, I'm the only one holding us together. You guys are all keeping secrets. And Harriet does have realization. She's like, oh, like, I've always felt like this friend group has been, like, something I can just kind of, like, throw myself into the current. But, like, I didn't really get that, like, that may seem like I don't care and I was like me too yeah (laughs) yeah I kind of related to Sabrina here not in our friend group or anything you know not like specific but I I definitely feel like there are friend groups where I'm like if I or friendships where I'm like if I don't reach out then nothing ever happens we don't visit each other we don't talk unless I'm the one keeping it going and for a long time that really frustrated me of like am I the only one who cares right yeah to me like as you know that is something I still struggle with is like putting an effort is a sign of love and care for a relationship. But sometimes it's not that someone doesn't care. It's that they are really busy in their own stuff or it's not, they would be there in a heartbeat, but that's not their style of showing love in a friendship or a relationship. Yeah, I I empathize with Sabrina here. of just being like, yeah, guys, I'm trying. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm definitely Harriet here, but I am like, I empathize with the Sabrina's and like there are people that I could think of where I'm like, oh, you're the Sabrina yeah. in this situation. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a lot. I mean, even with like, I think it's ADHD. There's like something, well, something that I have that is like basically like object permanence like thing where it's like, it's not that I don't care about you. It's just that like if something's like not in my immediate in, yeah, in my attention like range, that I just don't think about it. <laughs> It's not because I don't care. It's just because I don't think about it. My brain just doesn't do it. Yeah. And that's totally fair and reasonable. And I think that's why you see this come to head with Harriet and Sabrina. And neither of them are really wrong. No, they're all right. That's the thing. It's like, they're all valid. (laughs) Yeah. And that clearly needed to happen. And that was kind of the, the, the pretty little friendship arc in here of like, our friendships and relationships change. 
right? Uh, yeah, but we're adults that, now. Yeah, yeah, and our relationship might change, but we're still us, and we still love each other. And what that looks like might differ. Yeah, I'm very cool. much pro. Like, I wish people were more accepting of friendships that are like the kind of friendships where like you're not like always texting back and forth, but and like you see each other every once in a while, but like when you see each other, you're like in it. You know, yeah, like, and I feel yeah. like that is not something that is accepted. Like it's viewed as like, oh, you're just not putting effort into, I don't know. Like, I just, I feel like. Especially long distance friendships. Yeah. That stuff's hard. I can, I mean, I went, you know, we went to school in New York. I'm from the East coast. And then I moved to California for graduate school. And that was a bold choice. I look back and I question <laughs> that one, but I, you know, everything works out. It's supposed to, but it became really hard to maintain all the relationships that I had yeah. in college because you just don't see people. So yeah. object permanence, if I don't think of you to text you, or if, you know, we're not texting as much, but whoever it is, like, it, it gets hard, because yeah. you're just far away, you don't have the things that to talk about as much. And yeah. you have, you're trying to keep afloat. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not a good, like, I've never been like a texter, like mm-hmm. TM, you know, like, I, yeah, I'm not see, good. Like, keeping up yeah. a conversation over text is not easy for me. Like, I could yeah. do it in person, same topic, but like, or like, yeah. Totally. And I've had the opposite problem where I like, I think I can be a texter. So then when I reach out and I don't hear back or I feel like there's not reciprocation, I used to get really upset by that. Mm-hmm. And just like this person doesn't value this friendship. And I've, I've grown out of that. Or so I think no, right? yeah. where it's, I don't think that's necessarily true. I don't think it's true at all. Right. Everyone has different levels of communication and communication styles, but yeah, um, that's why I was like, I feel Sabrina on this one. And then Cleo's got her own thing going on that she yeah yeah Cleo's thing too is their friendship is so close but they haven't shared the important close things that they used to all the time yeah but also like for like good re I mean like the thing with Cleo like the reason she hasn't shared it yet is because it's like super early and like I get that you know like a lot of people don't share it and also again nobody's business right even your closest friends when you are you don't owe telling anyone anything ever yeah. I'm glad that it happened. I feel like this the seeds were set between Sabrina and Cleo. Yeah. That there be some sort of blow up, but I'm kind of glad that it involved Harriet too in the way that, that it yeah. did. Yeah. needed that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you knew something was going to happen. Like from, from the summary, you knew yeah. something was going to have to happen because Harriet's keeping this big secret. But yeah, the fact that like they both, Harriet's trying to be a peacemaker and they both like turn around and they're like, oh, let's talk about you. Right. <laughs> Like you have fallen off the face of the earth and don't reach out to us. And then Sabrina is like, and you broke up with your, you and your fiance broke up six months ago and you didn't tell us. And then we all, (gasps) Sabrina knew all along. Yeah. Her in part, there was all a scheme. Yeah. (laughs) Which works. A ruse. Yeah. A ploy. How many other words can we come up with for this? I don't know. Debacle. A uh, shenanigan. Ooh, I like shenanigan. That's a good one. That's it. Okay, I'm gonna paint that. Paint that on like a wooded piece of like yeah. driftwood, Kayla, for me. <laughs> I will. I will while I'm up here with a little like anchor next. Put on the Etsy. Yeah, and then Harriet basically just says like they're they're all. It's like that sad part of the movie where like one is the loneliest, yeah. them. and like she's walking around like by herself. Like they're all like. And we get various like flashes to like them all in their secret spaces. Yeah, sulking alone, taking yeah. thinking about what just happened. Yeah. 
but yeah, so she's thinking about more about how she hates school and or how she hates like medicine and how she was a people pleaser. And there's this quote where she was like, what was school but a chance to prove your worth? And I was like, oh, man. I was like, I'm about to crash the car I'm driving. That's that's like a stab to the heart. Yeah, I hate that. I hate that. So yeah, she decides to like fight for win. And she goes in. She wants to win. win. Yeah. She wants to win. <laughs> yeah. Woo! Uh, but yeah, then her and Cleo make up. This is when she finds out she's pregnant. And Cleo also, I was like, again, I was like, why am I every single one of these friends? Because then Cleo's also like, well, you know, Kimmy's really extroverted and like she likes to party. And like, I'm an introverted homebody. And I always feel like you guys are going to phase me out because like I don't. And I was like, hard really. <laughs> hard to like Cleo yeah yeah she starts feeling a little nervous that her friends like her girlfriend more than her I'm like I don't I'm not the, you know I don't bring the same energy and I I also feel that because even in like my in friend groups I'll be more of a tame person and I'm like uh do I even get invited do I even like come across people's minds to invite to things since I'm yeah. not as fun to be around and that's so like that's people can love you if you're not the center of attention yeah you're just like you do different things with different people yeah Yeah. this this whole book was like stuff that I'm like okay this is like what this is what you learn in your 20s about friendships yeah yeah now Sabrina's missing oh no yeah which was kind of a funny little plot tool I thought like oh Sabrina has disappeared and she was in the chapel where her parents got married, which is one of yeah. the few memories, few positive memories she has with them since they divorced and her dad went on to yeah. marry many different people afterward. And like, not to kill the vibe, but like when, right before they all like decide to go off and search for her, like Harriet goes down to like Parth by the dock and like, she has to explain to him that like, she's like, Sabrina is not like running away because she doesn't want to marry you. She's running away because like, you know, she has in her in her experience, like fights leave like lead to people leaving instead mm-hmm. of like, you know, continuing on and like growing and forgiving each other or whatever. She's like, you don't know that because you have a healthy family. And I just like, I mean, I get that he wouldn't know that because he's a healthy family. But I was like, you guys are getting married. You've known each other for a decade. Feels like this is something that you should have already known. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm still curious about Sabrina and Parr's relationship. Maybe that's a brand new Emily Henry book because yeah, I, I agree. I was like, and I mean, maybe there are just certain things that your best friends know you a little bit differently yeah. than your partner. And maybe Parth just can't because his experience is so different. He like doesn't even know to concept. Whereas like Harry is like, I see. Yeah. And we don't know what like, the fight was. Well, they, yeah, they fight. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we don't I guess really it's, know. Everybody's it's harder to see. It's harder to see what you're lacking as or it's hard like because he had a positive experience so he didn't have the like lacking family experience so it's like easier to see when you have the lacking family experience like what it's easier to see absence as opposed to like yeah I don't know I don't know how to phrase that I I can't think of the words (laughs) anyway they find (laughs) Sabrina yeah they find her there they all make up woohoo and they all are friends friends again and they have this like really like succinct and like good conversation, like the three of them, the three girls. Um, and I'm just like, for people who are so bad, again, with people who are so bad at communicating with each other, like you sure, like when you actually get down to it, like yeah. you sure know have a way with words, all of you. Yeah. Right. When you, 
can make yourselves have the conversation. It's like when you have a task that you really don't want to do. So you yeah. put it off and put it off and put it off. And then when you go to do it, it takes you like two minutes and it wasn't nearly as bad as you built it up to be. Yeah. But it's even like, I'm like, I just don't, I don't know. Like, it's just for me, like, it's not like, it's like, it's like with things like this, where you have like a block of talking about it, where you're like, I, I just feel like I can't talk about this, like whatever. Even when you sit down to talk about it, like the words that like, I don't know, there's just like certain words, like Harriet's not like really big with like openly expressing love. Cause like, she didn't have that as like a kid. And like my family was not that there wasn't love, but this, we weren't very like verbal. Like I love you is like, not something that I say casually or that I like feel comfortable saying, even as an adult, like even to like friends who are like, every time, like we say goodbye, they're like, bye, I love you. I'm like, like Ugh. it feels like I'm joking. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, cause I feel like when you have that block, like it doesn't just go away when you're given the opportunity to yeah. finally say it. I no, don't know, but Harriet does whatever they do. Yeah. And so they all make up, they're all friends again, who Harriet leaves to go to the airport. But then, yeah, she realizes that like, she's like, wait, I want to be with Wynn, this stupid. And then she runs out and then he's getting out of the car. Yeah. And I feel like that's reminiscent of some movie. I feel like there's some, I feel like there's like a lot of like, I'm thinking like early, like 90s, early 2000s rom-com. When Harry met Sally-esque or something. Maybe, like the the specific scene of like them going their separate ways, but then both having realizations and like the POV characters like running to go them. And then like they get out of the building and like the person's already there. I don't know. There's something. I feel like that's like a thing. That's a trope. I agree. Harriet drops out of residency. Good for her. Yeah. And good for her for doing it before she does it. And then she tells her parents. She's like, sorry, guys, you can't talk me out of it. I've already done it. (laughs) Bye. Right. I did. I mean, I love the, you know, the follow your heart. She clearly was not happy in the residency. She loved being in Montana. So really, like, then I also like wonder too, does she love Montana or does she love Wynn so much? And I think it's that she loves Wynn so much and Wynn loves Montana. And that's where he's meant to be. But this girl has like $200,000 in medical school debt started doing pottery after she and Win broke up and finds it relaxing right cool yeah. love that for you finds first of all there's a pottery studio in the middle of nowhere montana well, and they big happen is to Bozeman? be hiring let me look this up <laughs> and she gets a part like maybe Win's making enough in these fancy pieces of furniture that he can pay off her debt and that's awesome right but i just i don't know i thought it was a big move to be like i guess love yeah. is the, right and you love someone you're willing to move i but i did so I'm jumping all over the place because I had a lot of thoughts about this. But like when Wynn earlier said, I don't want you to move to Montana for me. Like I need you to, I want you to figure this out for you. Yeah. I love hated that. I loved it because I thought it was so true. And then it right. also like began to break my heart. So I was like, oh no, is this going to be one of those romances where they don't end up together? Like I would hate yeah. that person. We don't do that on the podcast, Kayla. Okay. I should have known We are happily ever after only. <laughs> I support that. But I also like part of me is like the I don't know, the weird, like independent feminist part of me is like, good. He recognizes that she needs to like figure some shit out on her own. And I'm glad they can do that together. But I don't know. I was like the move to Montana, maybe just because for me personally, that sounds like a nightmare. (laughs) Like (laughs) the being in debt or the moving to Montana? Both, but mostly the moving to Montana. Okay. Actually, no, both. But just to live there where you know one person, of course, his mom is great. But yeah. like, to- and her, his sisters are there, too. Yeah, I don't know. I thought that was, I'm suspending disbelief. She will be happy. 
Like, I yeah. thought maybe what was going to happen is she would, like, end up at a private practice or something or, like, some sort of clinic maybe. in rural Montana. I mean, clearly she hates medicine and would have to finish the residency. But, like, maybe she would be able to do something that was helping people, which is what I think she wanted. Well, she liked the idea of helping people, but then she was like, it's not, she actually that's not really, it. yeah. I just thought the ending was, like, a little bit rushed, I'll be honest. I think, like, the, mm-hmm. oh, everything is solved. Wynn just said I need to figure shit out on my own, but I have figured it out. And what I figured out is that I want to be with him in rural Montana forever. Done. And yeah. I was like, all right, all right, okay. So... <laughs> I mean, I get, I think I was, I didn't need everything to be tied up. Like I was like, I feel like I believe that Harriet has come to a place of self-understanding where like, she doesn't know exactly, she doesn't need to know exactly what she does next, but I trust that like, she'll figure it out. Also. So I looked up, I just looked up the population of Bozeman. The population of Bozeman is 55,000. And by comparison, the town that I grew up in is 25,000. So Bozeman's actually not that small. I feel like Emily Henry was pitching this as this like tiny little town, but like it's right. not. <laughs> but like again, how many yeah, no, I get. videos are in Bozeman? You know? I get it. Yeah. I well, I think it it wasn't like she wanted to go anywhere. You know what I mean? It wasn't like it was a decision, move to Montana or do something else. It was, I don't want to do this anymore. And I want to leave where I am. So I might as well go somewhere that I did enjoy and like I was happy at because like she doesn't really have like a support system in San Francisco either. I mean, she has like her intern friends, but like they don't really like to kiss her. Yeah, like they they just kind of talk about like medicine, like they talk about their jobs all day and like they don't they're not. So it's not like she's leaving a support system. In some ways, she's like going towards one. Yeah, I think my big critique is just that she never, I'm like a full proponent that everyone should spend a good amount of time alone before they move in with someone, before they live with someone, before they get married, blah, blah, blah. I just, you know, like, all right, personal anecdote time, but I dated somebody for like six years, like all school, all college, and we broke up, I was so devastated, right? Because I really thought that was it. And in hindsight, like, I really hope he's doing well, genuinely. Like, thank goodness we broke up, right? Because I didn't yeah. know who he was. I had never spent time on my own enough as an, especially because we started dating so young, but I had never spent time by myself as an adult to figure out what I like. And I just feel like, you know, they were in a healthy relationship through most of her 20s. So hopefully Harriet did have some time, but she never really figured out how to be on her own two feet you know except Mm -hmm. for those six months that they broke up and that's the one piece of advice that both my grandmothers have always given me is like don't rush into living with someone like know how to be single yeah how to be comfortable being alone and by yourself and I just I know it's a romance so I'm getting I'm totally and she's like and I long for the love you know I think I have the I love my love right I think like aiming for the love that Wynn and Harriet have is awesome but I was like girl you got some figuring out to do. You need to go to therapy, clearly. Oh, yeah, no, I really, that was the one thing that was missing from like the epilogue chapter where I was like, okay, but where's, okay, she got a pottery job, but like when she got there, she go to therapy too, right? Yeah, and I just want her to like be comfortable in herself and like, you know, I'm glad that Wynn is there for her and that she found pottery when she was alone. But I just, that was what was missing for me was like, like, I can do this on my own. Wynn might be your happy place. 
Haha, yeah. bring it full circle. But yeah. like, you got to be okay when you're not in your happy place too. So that was my like, yeah, wah, wah, independent woman, feminist, annoying critique of like, yeah. be by yourself. Yeah, I get that. I think it's hard. I think that's like hard with these kinds of like, they met young romances, even when it's like this one where it's like a second in chance, second chance, yeah. like, I guess, engagement in trouble, like it's usually marriage in trouble, but whatever. It's like hard, like some people like sometimes like sometimes there's just you're just like, I can't, I can't do it. like there's a whole subsection of romance books that are bully romances, which are basically like, this person, it's usually a guy. It's usually like an MF romance, like a head yeah, romance. Yeah, yeah. And it's usually the guy bullied her in high school. And then like they meet in their 20s again. And like they fall in love. And there's a whole subsection that like love those. And okay. I have never been able to get past that. I've ne- I've always been like, I've, I, I'm too good at holding a grudge. I and mean, that's probably not <laughs> healthy, but like, I would be, the bitterness would not be able to leave me long enough to fall in love with this. No, person. look, I mean, I'm doing a PhD out of spite, yeah. so I hear you. Like, <laughs> we're in here for the long haul. Yeah. But so like, I think there are just like certain things that don't, that you just like, you're like, that's just not for me. <laughs> I hear that. I, I think I wouldn't be a fan of the bully trope either <laughs> then. I hear that. No, that was, I, I mean- I really did like this book as far as yeah. like a fun little romance and I think it hit on some good themes of like you know yeah. depression and friendship and things changing and also being a people pleaser right and, yeah. and figuring out who the heck you are which hopefully yeah. she's on her way to doing in her pottery classes. At what point she makes a vase that's named after Hank and that's cute that's so cute. It's cute but I was also like I don't know. I'm like thinking if I died and somebody made a vase, if they named it Kayla, if I'd be like in the, you know, I'd be like, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Kayla six feet under Like I just think that was, it was cute. Sure. But I also thought it was like silly. Maybe that's just me. But I think that was the kind of Hank was a silly guy. Hank was a silly guy. Hank would have loved the vase and that's what matters. And Wynn loved the vase. Gloria will love the vase. Yes. I yeah I think for me like she because Harriet's journey is so much like she was alone for like her basically like emotionally alone for like her entire childhood until college like so there was that contrast for me where I was like Mm -hmm. this second part of her life is about learning how to be with other people because she has that really she's like I never learned how to fight like with someone with someone that you care about. She's like, I don't know how to fight with people that I love because fights always just end with like people going to separate rooms. I didn't really think about that that much when I was reading it, though. I just I just thought of that now, like as you were like bringing up. Yeah, I also didn't really think about that as I was reading. And I just brought it up right now as I'm like, (laughs) we're talking about it. It's so easy to pick critiques. And that's I'll be honest, that is what I'm trained to do. Like graduate school is all about reading articles and picking all the weak points and criticizing them. So that is where I my default is But That's where I show my enjoyment. I show my enjoyment for things. But like, if you think about it, like the things you enjoy are the things that you're going to be thinking more about. And when you think more about something, you think more about the details, you you find more like, quote unquote, flaws. That was Happy Place by Emily Henry. Emily, if you're listening and you want to send me an early copy of your next book, that'd be great. Do it. All right, Kayla, are you ready for the cat scale? Yes. Oh yeah. I've thought about this. And actually our conversation has even made me think about it more. 
So we had a few cat references. Do we think any of the characters are cats? Um, like Cleo. I was just going to say maybe Cleo. Cleo's like a barnyard cat, you know, like a friendly one. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Kimmy is like the the sheep dog yeah, that like yeah. works alongside her. Totally. They're like a lab slash cat couple, black yeah. cat lab couple. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah, we have one cat. But they oh weren't like clear dogs either. I think we talked about no, Wynn. there weren't. Like, yeah. He was kind of. Kind Wynn of definitely gave me animal vibes, but I feel like you could make an argument for either cat or dog. Yeah. Harriet felt too much like me and <laughs> give her animal vibes. Yeah, I don't. I can't. Harriet did not give me animal vibes. Neither cat nor dog. Now I'm thinking about this more. I think that's true. <laughs> I think I stand by that. Yeah. Sabrina's a horse, like a like a thoroughbred. <laughs> All right. Ready? Got yeah, your score? I do. All right. Three, two, one, four. Three. Okay. Nice. We were All too right. far. Three point five. Three point five. I some cat references. Yeah. I don't think anybody was super animal like, but there were some references. Cleo had some vibes. So I think a three point yeah. five. Cleo had good boundaries and that's very cat like. That is really cat like. Boundaries are very cat like. about cats. Kayla, is there anywhere that you would like them to find any one of your articles that you're particularly proud of? You oh, might gosh. be able to read. Um, I don't have to. Published, but I have a bunch of things under review. Hashtag publish or perish academia. Um, <laughs> if you are a political science professor at a university and you're looking to hire an American politics professor, um, I do have a website. Please hire me. Um, oh, other that'll than- be in the description, yeah. listener. <laughs> Please hire me specifically if you are a university in Boston, DC, New York, or Philadelphia. Thanks. Thank you for letting yeah, me thanks. talk about Happy Place and Emily Henry. On. Thanks for being in Maine appropriately. Yes, I'm actually going to go have lobster for dinner, which is so appropriate. All right, listener, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at We Read It One Night, on Twitter at We Read It Podcast. You can go to our Etsy store, Evelyn and Adelaide. All of those will be linked below. You can also buy us a coffee for five bucks to help support the podcast. And you can leave us a rating and review, which you've obviously already done because I ask you to do it every episode. And why would you not listen to me? (laughs) Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. Thank you to the listener for suggesting it. If you have a listener suggestion, oh, oh, you can email us. We read it one night at gmail.com. And yeah, Godspeed, comrades. Godspeed. Godspeed.